Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Grizzlies host the Oklahoma City Thunder tomorrow night pregame at 6.30 with Jessica Benson. Tip-off with Eric at 7 p.m. Eric, uh, it's also, of course, the first 5,000 fans will get Block Panther socks, the Jaron Jackson socks. So let's start right there. Not with a giveaway, but what'd you make of Jaron's return? Uh, kind of what I expected because it was the same thing as Dylan's return when he came out and went, I think, 0 for 5 from 3. It's just it's hard to get in that rhythm and come out and just, you know, hit the ground running and make a bunch of shots. I thought the shots he got were in good rhythm. I thought the release looked good. They just didn't go. Your legs aren't used to running up and down a floor when, you you know, you shoot 500 shots a day. Your legs aren't used to them being after running up and down the floor and banging with big bodies. But his timing defensively I thought was very good. Um, I thought he made some nice moves on the interior. But, you know, that that was kind of to be expected, I felt. So I said – I told Mark on Monday that I wouldn't – I'm going to give Jaron a free pass for two weeks on the offensive end. Is sure, that is absolutely. that fair or should I go a little more? No, I think two weeks is good because you're going to get – they don't, you know, have a lot of practices, yeah. you know, during the season because they're playing so much. This is not the old NBA where if you didn't play, unless it was a back-to-back, you practice. They they let these guys get their their rest. Uh, Taylor Jenkins calls them their vitamins or, or their own individual workouts. They'll get some teamwork in there, but you know, it's mostly film study. So it's gonna be that time frame. I think I don't think it's longer. You know, they'll play obviously tomorrow night. They'll play Sunday, and then they're into a little bit of a rhythm. They play Sunday. They play Tuesday. They have Wednesday, Thursday off. They play Friday. They play Sunday. They play, you know, Wednesday. So I think when you look at the beginning of December is when you'll start seeing Jaron really, I think, flourish and feel comfortable. Dylan's happened a little quicker. You know, Dylan's – but he wasn't out nearly as long. Right. You know, Dylan Dylan was there in the beginning of the uh, part of the preseason, and um, so you're, it wasn't as long an injury and it wasn't as long a layoff. He didn't have, he had the off season to be able to work and get ready. Jaron just didn't to play five on five. And so I think two weeks is fair. If it goes a little longer than two weeks, I, it wouldn't shock me, but I know from speaking to him and, and knowing his work ethic that he's going to do everything he can to, to, to find that groove as fast as he can. Well, and I was just encouraged. I like to me. I wasn't really looking for him to hit shots in that first game. I just wanted to see him move and look like Jaron Jackson Jr. 
And I thought that's what he he looked and moved like you know it didn't look like he was just coming off a foot injury. It looked like he looked like Jaron no. Jackson Jr. Athletic. He was still an animal defensively. <laughs> and here's the thing: let's not forget that in the first half he did not have the benefit of having Stephen Adams next to him almost the entire half. In yeah. fact, he had to play a few more minutes than expected because I mean I don't know if there's a target on Stephen's back. I don't know if they're just this is a point of emphasis. It wasn't in the point of emphasis that I read. Uh, they were looking for other things. Obviously, the take foul was a big thing they talked about in the offseason. But I have never seen a guy called for two and three offensive fouls a game routinely yeah. as Steven Adams has done in the early season. And we actually had the benefit of being courtside because of the national television broadcast and our TV crew can't go, doesn't do the games that TNT does or yeah. ABC. Uh, there's like a, it's a weird rule. I don't want to quote it, but there's a certain amount that you can, that you have to stay dark on. Like, I think it's eight and eight times on exclusive games. If you're on ABC and TNT more than eight, you can do certain games yourself too. Like you don't have to stay exclusive. If right. that makes sense. It used to be like TNT just straight up had the exclusive rights to Thursday night. And that was it. Now it's a little different. So and I, I apologize for not being more well-versed on that, but I work in radio, and to be honest mm-hmm. with you, it's not, it's not something I need to concern myself with. Well, because I, I was still court- operating, like, because that was the thing that used to confuse me, is, like, I thought it used to just be, like, okay, if you're on the national broadcast, that you did, you know, that that the TV crew got it off, but I, now I didn't realize that there's a number. Well, yeah, there's a number, because it, it's not fair to local television announcers, right. and I, you know, I even commented to that to the guys. I was like, well, I hate it for you guys. I mean, I'm glad you get a night off, but I hate it for you because that's, that's straight up money out of their pocket. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't get paid. They get paid per game, and they don't get paid when they don't work. It's not like they get a season rate, per se. Maybe they do. I don't know. I didn't negotiate their contracts, but I was under the impression the more national TV games they get, the, the less money they make, and that's, you know, they're happy to do it because it means we're really good, but in a way, like, nobody wants to not get paid. So, um, they were there with us, and just hearing, and I don't want to name guys, just hearing one of the officials and his explanation, I, I thought it was bull you-know-what. I, I mean, I, I just was like, come on, man, that's ridiculous. That happens in every single game. And it seems to be the same call they're making, and it happened super fast. I mean, one after the other. And the first one that they called, I was like, I can kind of see it, I still think that's part of the flow of the game. I didn't think it was egregious. His second foul, I thought, was more, okay, I got that one, that definitely. But then the third one, same thing. And it happened with a young official, happened with another young official in a previous game where we could hear Steven in the courtside mic saying, what is this guy's name? Tell him that's just part of basketball. This is ridiculous. And Steven's getting frustrated. Yeah. And I don't blame him because, you know, he – I think one of them was the opponent, and I can't remember who it was, their arms got hooked. It wasn't a clear hook. It wasn't like Steven reached through. Their arms just got tangled. And they, they just immediately, the second their elbows interlock, it, boom, it's on Adams going the other way. And I'm like, hold up. Like, that guy ran into his body, put his arm into his waist, turned, and their arms got tangled. Let him let go of it. If he clearly locks it down, which I didn't think he did, then you call it. You don't call it the second it's there. And so that was frustrating. And I thought that put a lot of pressure on Jaron and really didn't get talked about a lot because 
all of a sudden you're trying to feel your way back in, and the guy that's behind you that's been dominating the glass in your absence, that's been protecting the rim, that can really help you protect the rim, that gives the Grizzlies a legitimate two-big system that not a lot of teams have, and he's gone. And then all of a sudden it's Brandon Clark, and now Jaron's asked to take those minutes in the middle. So I thought it was a tough test. I thought he passed it with flying colors. Obviously the offense needs to be polished up, but I didn't think he went shot hunting. I didn't think he tried to do too much. I thought he got his open looks. I thought he just missed. I thought the, the legs weren't exactly where they wanted to be. The rhythm's not where exactly where he wants it to be. And that's part of playing in an actual game for the first time in a long time, you know, for the first time since the postseason. And that's uh, there's a difference there. Preseason may be, you know, a necessary evil, or as Damon Stoudemire once told me, it's for the birds, but it, it, it helps. It does help no matter what. On the other side of the coin, Eric, you lose – Desmond Bain for at least yeah. a few weeks, right as Jaron comes back. So we right. still have not seen the complete starting lineup yet. We we were talking about this on the show yesterday, and I'm curious what you think. Um, you know, they've obviously, you know, one of the signatures of this group is last year without John Morant, they continued winning even when he wasn't playing. Sure. Same thing with Dylan Brooks. Frankly, here in the beginning of this season, same thing with Jaron Jackson Jr. Out, They kept winning at a good clip. Sure. Um, we were wondering, is the Desmond Bain, like it, not to say they can't overcome losing Desmond Bain, because if you can overcome losing John Morant, I suspect maybe you can overcome Desmond Bain, but is this going to be harder than any of those other times where they've had to kind of piece it together, or, or I guess the, the past year or so, basically, where they've had to piece it together without the whole team? I mean, obviously not having John Desmond in the same game in Washington, we saw the deficiencies that were there. So they have a deep enough roster where usually you feel like we can we can go without one. But they weren't going without one. They were going without two and three for most of the year. Those games that they didn't have Ja, well, what's the luxury that this team has had? They have a starting point guard as their backup point guard. Mm-hmm. And he's not, he doesn't consider himself a backup. He plays with the confidence of a starter. He believes he's a starter. He believes he can start for just about anybody in the league. You know, obviously, we're not going to put him ahead of Steph Curry or players like that. But Tyus Jones is a really, really good facilitator of an offense, really good at taking care of the ball, as evident by two years in a row, setting the record, then breaking his own record for assist-to-turnover ratio. And he's not a terrible scorer. Look at the, the points he's put up in the two starts. He's been at 20 points and 23 points. So he can put the ball in the bucket. Is he John Morant? No. Is he Steph Curry? No. Is he, you know, another all-star level point guard? No. But he's really good, and which is why everybody going into the offseason said, yeah, you're not going to be able to keep him. Somebody that needs a facilitating guard is going to gobble him up, and fortunately you were able to. Jaron, they have a backup and a young guy in Santi Aldama, and they have other bigs that can step in that they're confident in. And is Santi Aldama Jaron Jackson Jr.? No, he's not as athletic. He's not as strong. But he's gotten a lot better. There is nobody on your roster that does the things that Desmond Bain does. There just isn't. There is not another shoot it from the outside, think it's going in 40 to 50% per night, every night guy that takes multiple threes. They can also go off the dribble and has the upper body strength to not only absorb contact but finish and then shoots 90% from the foul line. And, oh, by the way, he uses that upper body strength 
to get guys off of their dribble line defensively. I'm not saying that, you know, John Morant isn't the MVP of this team. There's nobody in their right mind that would tell you he's not. But there's a 1A, and it's Desmond Bain, and it's because of the work he's put in, and it's because of the things that he does that no one else on this roster does. It's not saying John Conchar can't make threes. It's not saying uh, somebody else can't make threes. Nobody shoots the ball on this roster like Desmond Bain. There are very few people in the world that shoot the ball like Desmond Bain. That's not a knock on the other guys. It's a testament to Des. And you see what he does for everybody else just by being there. And you say, well, what's that? Well, because when he's there, if you leave him on the perimeter, you're going to pay for it. And so guys don't tend to sag into the lane the way they did. If you notice in that Washington game, the Wizards just sagged three, four guys into the lane and said, all right, come on in. And the Grizzlies kept coming in and kept trying runners and kept trying floaters and got out of rhythm and didn't take threes and didn't have a guy out there to take a three, which – I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to play sports psychologist. I'm a big believer that when you see teammates making shots, it's contagious. So if you see Desmond Bain taking and making threes, it's contagious a little bit. You're willing to take that three, not because you think you're Desmond Bain, but you just saw it go in, and you just saw the value of it. Okay, well, I'm open. I'm going to take this. I know I can make it, whereas now you don't have that weapon, and you're like, all right, we're down six. We need a bucket. It doesn't have to be a three. Remember, coaches, all of our lives told us, hey, when you're down, you don't have to have a three. You don't have to go for a longer, lower percentage shot. Well, here's the problem. The game's changed. And those guys have had that instilled in them at times, and they've been able all their lives to get by defenders and get in the lanes and get clean looks for twos. But now the game is different, and when you've got three big guys waiting in the middle, it's not as easy a look. So I think they fell into that rut a little bit. Washington, give them credit, played really well and made shots in a stretch that really opened things up. And those are the things that can happen. The Pelicans game, look, you took the threes. You took 18 of them in the second half. That, that was the good thing. The problem was you made your first, and then you only made one more. You went two for 18. And so that was a simple case of you got good looks. Defensively, you gave up too many good looks, but you didn't make your shots. And so those things will happen. I'm not chalking that up to being on the road. I'm not chalking that up to tired legs. Not chalking that up to Desmond Bain not being there. They got shots that they wanted. They just didn't hit. And so you're going to have nights like that. I don't want to overthink it, but you do see the value of Des being back. And it makes me incredibly anxious to get through this. Hopefully everybody stays well. And then you hit December and really get about a two and a half, three, maybe even close to four week stretch with just about your entire roster. So when you toss the ball up on Christmas Day and the nation is watching, you're going to see the real Grizzlies out there. Eric, have a great call tomorrow night, my man. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. That is Eric Hasseltine of the Memphis Grizzlies Radio Network. Oddly enough, as he was talking about, you know, like part of the reason they were able to overcome yeah. John Moran is because Tyus Jones. The more I've thought about this, I think he's probably the key piece in this because I think without Dez, they're going to play a lot more of those two together. I think I just think the idea. If you were to ask Taylor Jenkins, "Hey, how would you ideally like to close games with no Desmond Bain available?" I think he'd tell you he'd probably rather be able to get by with John ja Morant and Tyus Jones rather than like Conchar. Or I think it's probably fair. I think it also, I think it's also exacerbated by the fact that you don't have Zaire right now. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, he could add length on top of. Well, you could. I mean. Very clearly, the ideal lineup with Dez out yeah. would probably be John Morant, Zaire Williams, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., yep. and then 
whatever the situation calls for, Brandon Clark or Steven Adams. Right. But yeah, you don't you don't have Zaire either. Yeah, so I just think it's exacerbated. And that's why I think I think, you know, if you can get by because we saw in the Timberwolves series, you, you, there there are scenarios now, like I wasn't convinced last year, but that Timberwolves series convinced me and I think convinced the front office why they decided to to keep Tyus ultimately is because they saw scenarios where they could play John Tyus together more. And I think there's also you know that there's a value in Tyus in the sense that Jaw's game is so physical. He can like if you like especially now where he's you, going to have you, to yeah. take on such a big load for yes. the next three weeks, at least Tyus gives you a little bit An of option, a crutch yes. yeah. to kind of take some of that load off of, of John Morant. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.